Hi, I'm Betty the alcoholic. Very alcoholic. Uh, I've heard this before. Uh, let's see. I guess I'm going to begin at the beginning. Um, I was the youngest of four in my family. Uh, my brothers and sisters much older than I was. Um, they uh, they were all um, overachievers, I guess, the best sportsmen and the best this. And then I came along and... and uh, wanted to be like they were. Um, by the time they had, they had gone away, my brothers left for college when I was just, my oldest brother was, uh, I was about five when he left for college and ended up being by myself um, pretty much most of my life. Um, my mother was a horrible alcoholic. Uh, she didn't drink when the other kids were there, but um I always, since I was born late in life, I always figured it was my fault that uh, I drove her to drink. And uh, I uh, I was kind of an only child. Um, it was really tough um, living with an alcoholic mother, which uh, I'm sure some of you have had that experience. Um, my father left our home when uh, he bought a ranch and moved out there because he couldn't deal with her anymore. And back then, that was in the 50s, and uh, alcoholics, you didn't, you should mom, you know, they can be seen, and we were a prominent family, and so we had to keep mom hidden, and, and dad pretty much paid me off uh, to stay with her, and I had to babysit her, uh, she would, you know, get in the car and drive to the neighbor's yard, and I was like 10 years old, and I'd have to go and save the car out of the yard, and and stuff like that, and um, I resented her uh, very much for the way she was. Uh, she embarrassed me. Uh, all my friends, as I got older, came over to my house because he went over there because mom would cook for him, or, and it was her party house because there was no rules, you know, at, at my house. Um, I swear I would never do it. Uh, I would never be like her. Um, I did. Uh, in high school, I don't remember my first drink. Uh, it was pretty pretty early. Uh, I ran around with, I pretty much raised myself, so uh, I was much, I was very mature for my age. Uh, probably around 12, I think, uh, I was running around with, at that time, were uh, some good friends of my family's parents, but the girls were older. Ran around with them and they were they were partiers and uh, I started smoking cigarettes because they were smoking joints and they blew up my case and it made me mad so I decided I was going to get back and I started smoking cigarettes and that was a bad thing to do. I'm still smoking and uh, that was I wish I didn't. Um, anyway, I drank beer a little bit around them um, just to be one of you know, she accepted because I was a little kid that was running around with these high school people, and uh, and I didn't like the taste of it. Um, I, it just didn't do much for me. Um, I uh, I was drank on the weekends with them. Uh, as I got a little older, um, I, I just didn't. I drank pretty much to be, you know, just because I had to have a beer in my hand to be cool, you know, around them. Um, I got married, um, when I was eight, I was molested, um, when I was 15, I was raped, uh, 
The reason I tell that part of my story is because it influenced um, my drinking later on. Um, I uh, got married um, very early. I was just, just turned 17. Um, I think pretty much the reason I, I uh, wanted out of the house for that is to get away from my mom. Uh, I was tired of, of taking care of her. Um, by then, she was, she was, uh, daddy moved her up to Lima Cove up on a hill, so she didn't get in trouble. She still went across the, the, the mountain, and uh, it was, it was, it was a mess all the time. And, uh, I remember one time I got a call at 3 in the morning, and she had me run up there, she was like 17, and, and she said there was a snake, and, uh, I went up there, and she had beat this rattlesnake with a hoe to death. It turned it inside out. I go, you called me to go all the way up there to get the snake that you just turned inside out. But it, it was just full of stuff like that. Um, I, uh, when, uh, when I got married, um, I was extremely shy and sectary, so we say, uh, because of my experiences. Um, what that meant to me was, um, police, um, and the look on my, my dad's face when he found out what had happened, uh, my rape I could not tell about, it was a family friend, and I had to keep that secret. Um, it was very frightening to me, and um, it just wasn't a good thing. My husband was three years older, and of course that was a big, different thing to him, so in order to please him, um, I found that uh, somehow somebody gave me a, a glass of wine, and he was a beer drinker, uh, and it just did it. That just something went off. I had a glass of red wine, and it went down very smooth, and all of a sudden I was okay. Um, I, I continued to drink the wine um, on the weekends, and um, I was a hearty broken beer drinker. By the gallon, I supported Gallo for many years. Um, that was my, my drug of choice. Uh, so I was around 30. Um, I had my children at 21. I didn't drink uh, when they were born. Um, I, I couldn't wait for my insurance if I could have my glass of water. Um, I wanted to be that perfect mother. I, I did everything for them. I was a swinging mom. I did the PTA. I did everything, everything I was supposed to do um, until after dinner. And then it was my turn for, because I did my duty. It was my turn to have my glass more. And sometimes I would, uh, you know, I'd have a couple glasses and then my husband would want to go to bed and I'd just need one more glass. And that's how it started. Uh, I felt like I owed myself. You know, I had done everything that was expected of me. I was a great mom, I was a good wife, and I I wanted that last one. I wanted to sleep. I didn't sleep well anyway, I'm very, very happy. That that was my excuse at that time. I didn't know, um, during my mom's drinking she um she died when I was twenty one years old. Um, I was Eight months pregnant with my daughter. She never got to see my grandkids. Um, she died with rain. Um, if any of you have ever seen that kind of death, uh, it's, it's pretty gruesome. Uh, one time, uh, 
uh, I was by her house when I was 18, and uh, she laid it, she was laying on the floor bleeding from every orifice that she had. And I called the doctor, and he would not um, help her, because he said, I told her to quit drinking, and I'm not going to help her anymore. And that's pretty tough on 18-year-old kids. Um, after that, she uh, ended up going to a home, and, uh, and she ended up dying. She wouldn't, she could not quit drinking. Never was AA ever mentioned in um, my household. Alcoholics was never mentioned in my household. Um, I didn't know. I, I didn't know anything about the program. Uh, and today I am so happy that to see so many young people and to see AA being um, talked about very freely. Um, I'm very, very open with my alcoholism. Um, if anybody wants to know, I'm glad to tell them. I'm an alcoholic and if you need help, call me. Uh, I have no, no forms at all that he knows I'm an alcoholic. Um, I went to, um, when I was about 30, I was introduced to, um, a white form of alcohol, uh, which encouraged my drinking and made me a little bit more, uh, by, by that time, we have, we're very established in business, um, I had what I thought was my perfect, my dream life. I had a wonderful husband, uh, two great kids, two businesses, beautiful home, uh, everything I ever wanted. And uh, for some reason, uh, I, I just, that wasn't, that was missing something. I wasn't sure what it was. And then I think, uh, when my drinking kept, I kept, I kept drinking a little bit more, a little bit more, and then I started speaking. And uh, I don't know when I turned the corner. Um, I have no idea. Pretty soon it was, um, it was like I was looking for, I call friends or anybody to, that would drink with me so I could, so I could drink. Um, I wouldn't, I would have parties for just because it was Wednesday. And have people over just so it was okay for me to drink because my husband didn't want to drink by myself. So, uh, that's, that's what I started doing. And I had a great party. But, uh, but it, it was just too much. It, it was just too much. Um, when I started the other stuff, it, it just, it got out of control. Um, I, uh, I did some really stupid things and we ended up getting a divorce. Um, in 1990, and um, I went absolutely deserved. I thought, it's over. What have I done? You know, it, I couldn't get mad at Um And I didn't make a lot. Then I thought I would take care of business. Uh, I look back at it now, and I'm going, oh, brother. You know, that some of the stuff I was doing, it was just insane. And, um, I, uh, I was in shock. I'd been with this man since I was 15, and, uh, I just didn't know what to do. Uh, I got into the alcohol and, uh, the white stuff, and uh, it was on. It was just on. Um, I finally got a job, and I met this guy, uh, walking to the I was in the bar drinker. I was at a home drinker. Um, I didn't want my, my father, you know, my my dad was my uh, my savior all through all this. Uh, I wanted him to be proud of me. Uh, 
I wanted to be like, I wanted to look at me like he did my brothers, you know, I, I wanted to do good. He was so proud of me in, in our life he had, and then all of a sudden, you know, uh, it was gone. And I had no idea he knew what was going on. I thought he hit it very, very well. I never got arrested. I don't know how. Um, I, I met this guy. I walked into a, a, a bar one night, and uh, uh, my daughter told me, she said, you need to quit crying. You need to get out of here. I uh, walked in, and he was a bouncer in the bar. Much younger and uh, a dealer, and how perfect. And uh, it was gone again. And uh, um, I was just completely out of control. Um, I did that for two years until he started beating me um, and, and, and trying to hide, uh, trying to hide everything. I went through the paranoia, you know, to keep the doors shut. And, and I went to work every day in the country back home and um, everything was, uh, I was afraid. I was afraid all the time, all the time. And the last time he tried to kill me, I said, um, this is it. This is it. I'm done. And I blamed it on the drugs. Um, I had nothing to do with the alcohol. It was, it was surely the drugs that were, was, had ruined my life. Uh, that was in 1995, and I uh, took those down and never, ever even thought about it again. The alcohol, on the other hand, um, <coughs> uh, I moved to Visalia and had a friend that had a, uh, nasty apartment on, um, Tennessee, and down in the back of Tennessee, and, um, I hid there from the man so he wouldn't find me. Um, I was in the upstairs, and I had a, my gallon of uh, party burgundy with me all the time. I was afraid. Uh, there was a terrible dealers underneath me, um, and I, I'd go to work and come back, and again, I was alone. I was afraid, and uh, I get set up on a, a blind date, um, and uh, I said, okay, I can go, and I said, well, you got to stay sober enough to go, and so this guy pulls up, and, and I mean, I'm in the previous part of Santa and he pulls up in this Jaguar, and when he called me, I said, well, you better bring your uh, 9mm or whatever, you know, and trying to explain to him where I lived, and um, so anyway, he pulls up in this uh, in this beautiful Jaguar, and I thought, yes, <laughs> and uh and he puts me in the car, and there's this nine-millimeter gun, and I go, I was just kidding. So anyway, he was a uh, he was a very very nice guy. Um, he goes, what the hell are you doing in a place like this? And I said, um, I'm hiding. And he said, we got to get you out of here. Um, I was looking for a few minutes. He did move me out to a nicer place in Santa Fe, but he's down the street. And. Um, I was with him about six months probably. Um, he was in and out of town and just a, a perfect arrangement. You know, he was in here all the time and had a great time when he was and fine wines and restaurants and I thought, ooh, life is good. And uh and so I got a phone call from his wife. And um wasn't happy about that. I had no idea he was married. And um people say, how could you not know that how he's doing? He was very good. Um, so that night I proceeded to get just shipping. And I, uh, got my car, which I rarely did. 
And I went down, I thought, where can I go? Where can I go? And I remembered a friend of mine was bartending at the Santa Bar. And I'll go to Santa So I went down there, and uh, I met this, this other, there's some friends of mine there, and they introduced me to this, this old gentleman there. And he took one look at me, and I mean, he goes, I think he needs something to eat. And I said, that's a good idea. And I ended up with that, that wonderful gentleman. Uh, he took Andrew's wing and said, there's nothing wrong with you. He said, it's that red stuff you drink. It's all that sediment in it. That's what's wrong with you. So he, he said, you've got to drink whiskey or you need to drink white wine. And that's your whole problem. So, uh, so I had to get rid of my, uh, party burgundy. And I know that from the stock drop. Gallo, I'm sure. <laughs> um, so I, I started drinking. I could not drink whiskey. Uh, anything brown reminded me of my mother. I could uh, smell of her breath. Um, I could feel it would bring that memory. It would just stand the hair up on my neck. Uh, I feel that way. Say. Uh, I, I just didn't have a hard liquor. So I drank white wine and a lot of it. And uh, he, uh, in 1997, he was suddenly killed in a uh, car accident. He was hit by a head on by a semi. And once again, um, I thought, what have I done? What, you know, life is tough. I'm not ever going to be happy, and um, that's just the way it's going to be. And I, uh, I started drinking really, really heavy. And at work, I still had the same job. How I got a same job. Um, the only time I didn't go to work during this time is when I was taking two baths to get my next day on. Other than that, I, I went to work every day, grew up most of the time and stuff. But if I couldn't get my next day on, I knew I had to call into it. And it started getting more often and more often and more often. Uh, my boss at that time had mentioned to one of the girls that um, I was smelling, I smelled like alcohol. And I remembered she mentioned it to me and I thought, that was my job. So she said, uh, I remember somebody said, if you drink coffee, they can't smell <laughs> So not being a hard alcohol worker ever, I decided that was what I would do because I needed to sleep. And I um, I had all these problems, that you know, and um, I wanted to be not. I did not want to think. Uh, I was miserable. Uh, I didn't want to talk to anyone. I didn't, I, I just wanted to hop. And so I started drinking hop. And I loved it. And uh, it took me, he died in January of 1997. On May 6th of 1997, I called my sister. And I was in on a three-day binger. My stomach had started to um, a little, a little. I told them at work that, um, that I knew it. And, and my had my mom died of cirrhosis, and she also had the extended stomach. And uh, I, I didn't. I, I knew my stomach was growing, but I never. I wasn't the same as my mom. My mom never worked. My mom read books all the time, and that's why she was a drunk. I had a job always, even when I had my own business. Um, I would never read a book because in my head that was that, that you were lazy 
and he was drinking. So I never read. Um, I found that cinnamon, and I never, I would not admit to myself that there was anything wrong. And I think deep inside, I was hoping that I would die. Um, I was too chicken to commit suicide, so uh, I was just hoping they'd all be over. I just wanted it to be over. And um, on May 6th, I called my sister again on a three-dayer. I called in work, and uh, my stomach got huge. I had not eaten for a month. Um, I would eat some crackers and stuff. I couldn't get anything down. And, uh, and if I did, it would be safe. Um, I called her, and I was in so much pain. Um, I tried to add a bottle of vodka, and I kept trying to drink it, and it was just so right back up. But I couldn't even swallow the alcohol anymore. Um, she walked in and saw me the condition I was in. I was bright yellow. Uh, they rushed me down to the doctor's office, and uh, they immediately, there happened to have been a liver specialist in the, in the building at the time, and uh, he came in there, he left the fast, he came back in, and they started sticking needles in my stomach and draining all of this, this liquid up. Um, I had either a city for a I should learn since I had the damn thing, but um, uh, I was done. Um, they, drained, they drained as much as they could out of me at the time. I turned completely black, my whole stomach and everything, because I was malnourished. Um, I was dehydrated. Uh, I have two sides of the city. Uh, it just affected my stomach. Uh, my stomach was so huge, you could see the veins. Uh, it was ready to burst. Uh, I, I was pretty bad, pretty bad. My liver shut down, everything, everything was shutting down. They sent me to Fresno to a detox. I was in detox for 10 days. I, uh, I don't remember, don't remember it. Um, they, I think it was, I think they took me out. I, I don't know why. I don't remember saying. I remember the last couple of days I was there. Um, my, my sister came to see me. They let my children in to say goodbye. They said I would not leave that way. Um, my, the numbers, the, the, my blood numbers and stuff, they said, uh, when I left there, they'd never seen anyone that was back sick that did not leave in body back. And, uh, I, uh, I don't know why God spared my life. At that time, I had no idea. Uh, my sister said, you need help, or do you want help? And I said, yes, I do. She sent me to uh, pay for a, a rehab, uh, a 50-day rehab, and it came up for 45, 50 days, I think, because I'm sitting out of the hospital while I was there. Um, I went in there, and they brought a specialist in to see me, um, and he had... Uh, but they take me to Fresno one other time to get, they start taking me every other, every other day to get drained. Um, and they start pulling up blood and, and everything else. That it, it was pretty horrifying. I was, I was alright with it. I asked God, when he said you have three months to live, um, nah, and there's nothing we can do. Um, I took it alright. The only thing I asked was to sleep. My daughter was pregnant at the time, and was due in September, and I said, please let me live to see that baby, because I had done exactly what, I'd gone through the same things that my mother had done to me, without, and I said I would never, ever be my mother, or like one of you like her. Um, it was happening all over again. Different circumstances, I did it a little differently, but it all came around, and it was the same way. Um, I made it. I made it. Uh, 
I had done uh, pretty well, uh, did liver biopsies and stuff, and, and I was getting better. My doctor still to this day called me the miracle child. He had no idea why I'm here. Um, I, I started getting better. I did everything they told me to do. I was on a very, very strict diet for a year. Um, no sodium, um, no meat, no, I couldn't have a lot of things. Uh, and I learned to do that, and I did exactly what they told me to do, and obviously no alcohol. Um, I, uh, got out of there, um, it, it, it took me, I, I had to get drained for another, another six months, six or seven months, I think, until we finally came down. Um, they did a, uh, scan or whatever, and they saw something, they told me I'll probably die of liver cancer, um, they saw a shadow on my liver. Um, they didn't want to tell me that they, so they sent me in for another liver biopsy. Um, I, uh, when it came back, what they had found was only liver growth. Um, my liver has completely come back. Uh, I still have cirrhosis, um, but I have only liver, liver growth around it. I have better liver function today than I ever have, ever. And that in itself is a miracle. Um, I stayed sober for um, 18 months. You think 18 months? for some reason, um, and, and was, I went to, um, I got a wonderful sponsor, um, when I was in rehab, they carried me to meetings, um, I did everything they told me, um, I, I did the first three steps there, and at that point, I, I felt like, you know, I don't really need to say I'm an alcoholic, that's what y'all do, um, but, uh, but I did admit I was an alcoholic, and, uh, I got out of there, and, uh, when my friends, uh, Carl took me to Grocery People as a the meeting there, and then I went to the TV and I went to meetings and continued to go. When I first went in, I scared everyone to say, how there's a daughter right there, and there's pretty well still, and pretty scary to me. Anyway, I did that diligently. I got a sponsor, I worked with Seth. Uh, again, I don't think I worked into the best of my ability because I knew I was drinking it. Nobody did I drink it, right? I mean, you just know. And uh, that's what I thought. Um, stayed sober for 18 months. Um, and I remember that well because I was so pissed they didn't have an 18-month shift. And I wanted an 18-month shift. And I thought, maybe I should, you know, we need to talk to somebody about that. And, uh, and it was around Christmas time, and I, uh, I was making cookies, which I do every year Christmas, and, uh, um, I had a little bit of, uh, vanilla, uh, vanilla extract, and, uh, and I said, well, I'm not going to throw that away. I have no idea what made me do this. I have no idea there was alcohol in vanilla extract. None. And I took, I, I did my clothes, so I just drank it. And something happened. It burned when it went down. And it was like, oh, I have no idea what it just set me off. I had no idea what it was. And I thought, wow, I can do that. Well, I went back and got some vanilla. A week later, little, little ones. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to keep that. Just in case I have one of these bad nights, you know, at home and I hate everyone at work, and just look at that, you know, 
And um, I did that. And then I started getting a little bit bitter about At the time I started buying vanilla extract, only before it, it was 25% alcohol. Um, it was like six ninety a bottle. By the time I finished my vanilla extract, it was $15 a bottle. I was spending all of my money on vanilla extract. I had filed bankruptcy because of vanilla extract. And people were going, why didn't you just drink alcohol? In my mind, they told me it would kill me. In my mind, I would die if I drank alcohol. Um, my stepmom died, I remember, uh, after my family was so proud of me because I was sober and, and she was dead and looked at her, she's alive and oh, we're so proud. How can I tell them I was drinking them? You know? How do you, 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 I just, and I stay very hidden, um, with that. Uh, it's a, it's a very uh, unusual thing to have to go to market to market, like you do from liquor store to liquor store. I don't know. Um, hundreds of dollars worth of vanilla. Uh, I had I had people ask me, uh, do you own a bakery? Um, I remember one time I was horrified because I had like six or seven bottles, uh, the big ones, um, lined up, and this one little kid, little box, I almost killed it. He looked at the back of this as he walked and he goes, oh, look at all the alcohol in this. And I wanted to stop him. Because I thought, what if there's somebody from AA in here? You know, I'm so busted. So um, I had quit going to meetings because this is the program of honesty, and that is what I love about this program. I got honest with myself. I got honest with and I thought everyone else is absolutely honest with others. I could not go to a meeting and say I'm sober and I'm not this. So I quit going to meetings. Um, that just intensified the guilt. That intensified the drinking. That intensified everything. Uh, I stayed away from my friends. I, I, I didn't want to admit it, you know. Uh, my stepmother died in my vanilla tree. Um, and all my family came. And, and I was the, the kind that when I had something real important the next day, when you're not supposed to drink the night before and you need to be in tough shape, I was just talking to And I didn't need to, but I did. And so I was just going to get a little bit of vanilla the night before the funeral because all the family's going to be there. And I drank a bottle and a half because I had some help. And they were sitting there, sitting in my little drink. Well, I had the shape of the guy right before I was supposed to go to the funeral. So I ran into the liquor store, I bought a bottle of vodka just to try to get rid of the shape. I tried to drink it and it. I couldn't swallow it. So, um, I can't remember what excuse I used to That's right. That's I told them once my stomach was growing uh, at work that I had um, a fantastic uh, colon, I think I said, and uh, that the one one of the chefs at work said, yeah, you are going to get. <laughs> and I'll always remember that because I, I would come up with these things, I mean, where did that come from, you know? Uh, but, uh, I, you know, as a alcoholic, we can come up with a, a great story when we need to. Um, I, uh, I, I drank and drank and drank that vanilla. I got worse and worse. And I did that for, uh, the last two years was, was horrible. Absolutely horrible. Uh, I, I you know, I, I was just a vanilla bottle. I should have taken it. They were really heavy. 
So I should have taken the lead, but oh, I would have made some money back, but uh, I was too afraid. And so I jumped in all the other people's trash papers. The things we do is run wine bottles and liquor bottles. And uh, so I, uh, one day, um, it was uh, July 20, probably 28, um, uh, 2003, I had been on my vanilla danger, and I was broke, I was tired, and I had my face in, in a taxi, full of cigarettes, and I was growing. And I thought, I did a bit. I am so sick of doing this. I, I can't do it anymore. And I remember there was a speaker meeting out on the, the 264, and I said, okay, that's where I'm going to go. I'm going to go back. I said, the only way I can live is AA. That's the only way I can be happy. I was so happy when I was sober. I was so proud of myself. My family was so proud of me. I was doing so well. Things were going my way. Everything, everything was falling in place. Um, I was doing the next indicated step. And, and that's for the first time in my life. And I was doing it on my own. And I, I was just, everything was good. Uh, I wanted that back really bad. So I, I get my car. And that Saturday and Saturday again, I scared to death. I didn't want to face all of you again and have to say, you know, I didn't, I didn't know. But, um, I knew I had to get on And so I, uh, I drove out to that meeting and there wasn't anybody there. And I thought, oh my god, I'm gonna, I got the nerve, I drove out there and there's no one there. That's pretty amazing public. And so I got in my car, and I said, okay, God doesn't want me to get sober. I'm sure that, you know, otherwise, why would he not have the meeting there? So he took up my time. And I get in my car, and I leave, and I go, no, I think God really wants you to get sober. So I drove to the Alana, and I thought, I've got to go somewhere. I'm ready to go to a meeting, and i got to go somewhere. And I drove to the Alana, and I said, what the heck, I'm going to speak for me. And they go, Oh, well, it's, you must have dismissed it. It starts in 15 minutes or whatever, and I go, oh, I'm early. So I said, okay, so I, I go get in the car, and I go back out there, and there's all people. You know, they'd all gone to dinner or something, somebody was in town, I don't know. But anyway, all the people were there. And I walked into that meeting, and uh, I was greeted, and everyone said, oh, we're so glad to see that. And where you been? Well, they said, I got you died. And I said, no, I should have, but no, I didn't die. And uh, uh, I had a lot of a lot of people say, I guess people were covering for me, they moved and, and stuff like that. But um, anyway, I was, I was welcomed back. Uh, I got a, a 24-hour shift and a big book again. And um, I was very, very happy, very happy to be back. Um, my sobriety date is July 29th, so free, and I hope that is my very, very last sobriety date, um, by the grace of God, um, I'm done, I'm done. I, I, uh, I ran the gamut, I lived drunk, I lived sober, and I should have sober, a whole lot better. Um, I came back, um, started going to my meetings again, I got a new sponsor. I worked the steps, and I worked them very carefully this time. Um, I I didn't take any of them before because surely I was not sure to take it. 
Um, you, you just don't know. You just don't know. Um, if you think you won't drink again, and all it all it takes that one sip of vanilla to set it off. And uh, that's what happened to me. Um, yeah, um, I, I worked the steps. Uh, had a wonderful sponsor. Um, she, uh, she ended up moving, moving away. Um, I, I uh, don't call my new sponsors most of us should. In fact, rarely. Um, I'm working on that. Uh, I got into a, another relationship. Uh, and kind of, I, I went to my, every Tuesday night I went to, to my meetings. Um, I always, uh, I didn't miss both. But I neglected the rest of my, uh, my service work, the, uh, my reading. Um, and, uh, I just recently broke up with him. Um, and it, it's back to get back to basics. I find that when I, I'm not working a program, um, I, I get self-centered. Um, and then I go, oh, for me. And that will do nothing but, oh, for me another dream. Um, I don't want to ever be there again. Um, I, the, the program that taught me how to live, uh, uh, how to live happily, you have to do the footwork. You have to, you have to make the first step. You have to make the first phone call. Um, that's something I didn't like to do before. And, that in, in order to be happy, in order to be, uh, sober, that's what you have to do. And you have to work with others. Um, I've enjoyed, uh, so much. Uh, I went to, um, the rehab while they had that for a while, the fibers and worked with um, um, people in there trying to get sober. And that is so very, very rewarding. And it so reminded me of where I was and where I never want to go again. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm doing well today, other than just uh, trying to get back, and, and uh, I'd like to get back into each and I. And, uh, and help other alcoholics. And Yes, I do. Um, 
If I do make them, usually I have somebody around me that I buy the little one, and if there's some left, it goes down the drain. Um, yeah, I, I do some cookies. You know, I'm not sure. Um, I, I'm really not sure. I think vanilla extract does. Uh, I, I don't know about the, the other ones. Uh, I, I, I only drink before I make it. It, it was insane. I remember one, one Christmas, all the stores were closed, and I finally found one little bottle in some little Mexican market um, on the north side that was covered with um, covered with dust, and it was like seven bucks. And I bought it anyway, and that's all I could find in the town. And that's that's how that's how addicted I was. It's, it's insane. Absolutely insanity where it took me. Yes. No, no, I quit paying my bills. Uh, I was standing probably anywhere, I was buying at least four to six, um, fifteen dollars a piece. Uh, that's what I took in a day, a day. And it was, uh, it was at the end, yeah, it was, it's pretty expensive. I quit paying my bills. I just, uh, I just spent it all on that, that cigarette. You know, I, I got very, very lucky. Um, I got sick, of course, growing up sick. And, and it's before, I don't know why it didn't do anything. Uh, I do have liver. I go in for uh, uh, all my blood work. I twice a twice a year now. Um, and I have no ill effects as white. I don't know. Again, the doctors have no idea. They just, I meant to be here for some reason, and I don't know what it is yet, but I can't wait to find out. Yes, uh, yes, I'm saying confidentiality. There's no bill in that. Yes. Okay. No, I get dressed with stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it just, it, it was um, just a, a little bit, and I, I was just full. I mean, worse than any of them. Oh, the wine's like, what, 18%? Not 45%? Drinking it straight. I just drank it out of bottle. You know, I didn't even, or, I guess, you know, put vanilla in pot. Yeah. I have, I have, under everything, I have them everywhere. I have them hidden, you know, in case my kids came over, and, you know, I they were everywhere. No, but I did have one grocery guy go, his idea get all paranoid. He goes, you know, they used to make perfume out of this. And I said, well, no, it's not like vanilla. You know, I, I, I'm just all worried about that. But they, yeah, they make a lot of, I guess it must have smelled like a good drug. I don't know. No, I still won't read. Uh, I do a lot of other things. I keep very, very busy, but uh, I, I'm still afraid to read. Um, maybe, maybe that'll be the next thing I need to work on. Yeah.